social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I am CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. And today is like basically my dream day. I'm not going to lie, because I am here with Aliza Licht. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her if you don't know her already, because you should know her. But if you don't know her already, I'll tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll get to talking with her, because she is just unbelievable. Aliza Licht is the SVP of Global Communications at Donna Karen International and DKNY PR Girl at DKNY on Twitter. She is the company's award-winning social media personality. Licht was listed as number 30 in the New York Daily News' Top 50 Most Powerful Women in New York, and she is an inaugural TEDx Times Square speaker. She's been profiled by the New York Times in PR Girl Revealed as PR Executive, E! News A Day in the Life, Good and IBM's Figures of Progress, and Time Style and Design's Six Women Who Rule the Fashion World, amongst many others. She's just unbelievable, and her first book, Leave Your Mark, is available on pre-order now and is due out in May 2015 by Grand Central Publishing and Little Brown and Company. So welcome, Aliza. Thank you, Carrie. Oh, Thanks I'm for the so, lovely intro. Of course. I'm so excited you know, to have you here. You know I'm a big, likable fan. I know. Well, we are big, big Aliza fans, oh, so we need to hear you. all about you. And the thing about um, Twitter and I think social media in general is you just know people so well already from just interacting acting with them online. Absolutely. So I was looking for, okay, what don't I know about Elisa? <laughs> like everything. I know everything. I know everything. And I see you have a Bachelor of Science in Neurobiology and Physiology. I know. Can you explain to me how you ended up in PR? Give can, me the path. Can I just undo all those four years of studying, please? <laughs> no, I love it. It's amazing. I, I thought me. I was going to be a plastic surgeon. And by the way, that would be really useful That right would now be amazing. In my later years. Amazing. Um, you know what? I really had good intentions, and I love science. Mm-hmm. And then I just didn't enjoy the practical application of being in a hospital, and I sort of saw the future, and I I saw, you know, the long haul that it is to become a plastic surgeon, and I, um, I, didn't, I just realized I didn't have the passion for it. Wow. But I always loved fashion. So that was just, you know, but I never thought about fashion as a career because... I didn't really know it could be. So tell me about the start of your career. How did you get to where you are today? So once I realized that I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, mm-hmm. I sort of broke that news to my parents. Um, and Were they I, so sad? I mean, I feel like, you know, they kind of probably told a lot of people right. that I was going to be right, a doctor. Right. So. My daughter, the doctor. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I – Again, I had no guidance, so I had to sort of figure it out myself. And I, you know, I decided that I wanted to work at a fashion magazine. I bought fashion magazines. Mm -hmm. I looked through them. I tried Mm -hmm. to figure out who I could send my resume to. You know, back then there was no LinkedIn, no Google, no anything. Right. Um, And I got lucky. I got an internship at a magazine in New York. Uh, It was the year after I graduated. So everyone went to Europe after college, and right. I was like, no, I'm going to buckle down, and I'm going to get an internship. Wow. And um, and then that sort of took me on the magazine uh, editorial side for a little while. And then 
a few years into that, I kind of realized that I had learned a lot. I loved it. But at the time, the people who had sort of the editor positions had been in those jobs for a very long time. And I didn't see my future. I didn't mm-hmm. see where I could go. So mm-hmm. I kind of need, needed to create a new path. Okay. Um, and PR people are people who I spoke to all day long on the magazine side. So it was just kind of like the reverse of my job. Um, and, you know, there was a position at DKNY, and I thankfully got it. And uh, my job has been evolving ever since. And you've been there for quite some time. It's crazy. That's 16 unbelievable. Years, 16 it's, years. It's unbelievable. I don't even believe it, and I don't even know how that much time passed. It's it's unreal. So, okay. So for those of our listeners who don't know, yes. tell us the story of DKNY PR Girl and how that came to be. So my normal day job, if you will, is traditional or was traditional public relations. And I still do all of that. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I do celebrity dressing. I work with magazines on their fashion stories. Um, We do events. We produce the runway shows. All the normal sort of fashion PR stuff that maybe some people would have heard of. And then in 2009, uh, you know, at a marketing PR meeting, we were discussing, you know, kind of this new thing called social media that we might consider embarking on. And um, I don't know if you guys remember, but 2009 was when Gossip Girl was in its, you know. Yes, of course. Best times of, of Gossip course. Girl. Um, so we were talking about Facebook and Twitter and, and you know, we kind of got understood what Facebook would look like. It would be the brands, two different pages, one for Donna Karen, one for DKNY. But with Twitter, you know, as I was meant to understand it, because I really didn't, I mean, I wasn't on Twitter and I had mm-hmm. never heard of it really. Mm-hmm. Um it was meant to be more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then if if that's true, then who's the voice and who's going to be responding? And we didn't want people to think it was Donna Karen herself. Right. So if you take away the designer voice, then what's left if it has to be a human conversation? So I just thought, wow, you know, Gossip Girl gets away with having this persona that nobody knows who she is. Why can't we? Right. And, you know, I came up with DKYPR Girl, just basically inspired by Gossip Girl. And... To get away with not having to show the person, I thought it could be like a fun fashion illustration. So that's sort of how it started. And, um, you know, you never know what it's like till you do it. And obviously I had no one to teach me how mm-hmm. to do it. So I just started tweeting and, you know, probably had a million bad tweets, but started to realize that the more human and the more personable I was, uh, the more engagement I got. And so when you were tweeting, you weren't just tweeting about Donna Karen. You were tweeting about everything. So in the beginning, in my mind at least, she was a made-up character. Mm -hmm. So as a group, I would say, okay, who has the best plans on Saturday night? Where can she go? You know, where – you know, we would just – I would just make it up until, you know, maybe two weeks, three weeks into doing it, you start to feel like people are catching on to the fact that it's – the same person. Yes. And also, by the way, like, obviously, I'm a human person because right. I'm responding. Right. So I think um, I didn't quite realize what it would be like. And um, it started to feel a little bit weird to be, like, making stuff up that where I was one place and I was saying she was somewhere different. But yet I'd be tweeting. And it just became very um, hairy. So I decided um, after speaking, you know, with the powers that be internally to just tweet my own life, um, not talk about like my children or my husband right. but tweet my life as a PR girl living in New York City and right. because I was and right. I wasn't pretending right and um just not say who I was so right. I did that and that was that was that was the sort of 
moment where it became like, okay, this is what it should be like, and I'll just do that, and no one will know it's me. And so how long did that go on, and how big was the follower base before you decided to reveal yourself? So that went on for two years. Okay. And it got harder and harder. Yep. Um, As a publicist who's supposed to promote clothing, Mm -hmm. not being able to tell people or be photographed in what I'm wearing— at a fashion event right. was so counterintuitive, right. but I couldn't sort of blow my cover, so it was really bizarre. Um, so in 2011, uh, that was when it was probably, I think the New York Times article came out in February. I think this was bef- a few months before, so it was probably in the 300,000 range. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and, and basically I sort of just, you know, pulled the veil back. And- now, did anybody know beforehand who knew? Who knew? My husband knew. Okay. Um, Clearly, because you were tweeting all the time. (laughs) Obviously, people I work with in my company knew. Yep. Were they they, sworn to secrecy? They were sworn to secrecy. And, and, you know, I feel like nothing stays a secret unless people want it to. Yep. I think the people who knew had a lot of fun telling other people they know but they can't say. Yes. So it became this game. And um, thankfully, I mean, it was completely – it was just – it was honored that it would be a secret until – you know, finally was the time that it wasn't going to be, and that was it, you know. And so what brought that about? Did you see it as a potential PR event? Was it that you just finally had to come out? Like, what happened there that that caused that? I think it was a lot of roads coming together. First of all, your husband. Of course. Um, <laughs> he, he I do perfect. credit him. I do credit him as the first person. First, we was, He told you to, right? Didn't he was he my you? first friend in social, and Aww. he said to me, he was like, I don't understand why you're anonymous. And I was like, what do you mean? It's so it's fun. Mystery. It's mystery. It and is. But he sort of planted the seed in my head. But aside from that, totally, um, you know, internally people started saying, well, what if it wasn't? Could we leverage it more? Yep. You know, why is it a secret? And, you know, it's sort of like it just evolved to be this big secret. It was mm-hmm. never meant to mm-hmm. be, right? Mm-hmm. So, um it became like a lot of stars aligning at the same time and everyone kind of feeling the same thing, that it was long enough and perhaps we should consider revealing. And so after you revealed, how did you feel? It was frightening. Yeah. It was really frightening. Yeah. First of all, you I mean, besides the fact that everyone who is behind a computer feels so much more free to say whatever the hell's on their mind. Mm-hmm. Then add in a fashion illustration. Add in the fact that your name's not out there. Right. I mean, you know, it's a license to really just put your thoughts out there. And I, as responsible as I am, um, and I am as mm-hmm. a publicist especially, mm-hmm. it's fun to be able to get away and play. with saying a lot of things and play. And, you know, when the reveal happened, I realized, oh, my God, like, people know who I am and and – not, of course, everyone in that moment because, you know, people aren't, you know, sitting there waiting for me to re- reveal myself. But I think when my name started popping up in the timeline along with TKNY, that's when I would start to be like, <sighs> but I, I really had to condition myself to not care because yep. I didn't want it to change the way that I tweeted. Yep. Which was not easy. Right. Um, but now I don't care. Right. You know, now I mean, well, it's been a while. It's been too. a long time, yeah. It's been a while, too. And one of the first platforms that you – worked on with DKNY PR Girl was Tumblr as well, right? Yes. And so do you like Tumblr as a medium overall? Tumblr was a suggestion by one of the Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. And I embraced it. And 
at the time, that was in 2011, I really started more of long-form writing Mm -hmm. on there because Mm -hmm. I think I was so quarantined to 140 characters for so long that it was like, wow, all this space to write. Um, I love Tumblr, and I think that Tumblr and Twitter as a partnership together, like sister and brother, have been very a very great combination for PR Girl. Yep. Uh, I started Instagram very, very late. I didn't quite understand what I was supposed to do there. Um, so I started it literally last year. Wow. Yeah. And do you like it now? I like it. I like but it. But you don't love it. You're not obsessed. I'm not obsessed. You're I'm not, not obsessed. obsessed. Why are you not obsessed? I- Everyone I talk to on the show, just so you know, every time I ask them, they're like, Instagram, I'm obsessed. So I'm actually quite thrilled to hear you not obsessed. I'm with not Instagram. obsessed. I Twitter is my baby. Yep. I love. I don't feel that Instagram is a conver. It's not a conversation. Right. It's it's a great way to sort of, you know, check in on people who you want to check in on. Right. And, and that's great. But I I like speaking to people and I like the back and forth. And I know that Twitter is you know a lot of fleeting moments and I know it can go so fast. But you can't. You can't replicate that kind of live action anywhere right. else. Right, right. And so one of the things that you do and are infamous for is actually live tweeting some shows. Exactly. Can't exactly. do that on Instagram. Yeah, you <laughs> cannot do that on Instagram. Now, are you currently tweeting the shows as DKNYPR Girl or have you transitioned more to your Elisa handle? No, it's such a PR Girl thing. It's such a PR Girl thing. It's it's really, you know, I started watching the shows I mean, I started tweeting the shows I watch. Right. So it's completely my taste. Yes. I mean, it's not for everyone, <laughs> obviously. But, um, you know, it started with Gossip Girl. Yep. And, um, and then it went to Revenge. And now it's Scandal and Revenge. I guess I'm a big ABC fan. Um, but completely just, you know, my taste in shows. And then I like to, from a PR girl perspective, I like to extend – um, the brand integration. So I organically started tweeting and then I became friends with the customer. And right. then I'm like, oh, wait, let's wardrobe scandal Ugh. some of the characters. And it becomes this very just, you know what? Nothing is better than organic relationships. It, you just can't fake it. And you it's, can't. and you know what? We have an amazing, um, we just, you know, the support is amazing all around. I mean, we just we just get on, and it's it's real. It's not like this, you know, oh, I want to go sponsor something. Right. And do you have support now? I, I know it was all you around the clock. Do you have support that helps you with DKNYPR Girl now, or is it all your voice? No. All it's your just, voice. It's something that I it's something really— something that you do. It's your baby. It's, it's your baby. It's, you know what? I established early on that it was in real time. Yep. I never scheduled anything, and right now no one's tweeting because I'm talking to you. Um, so it's, you know what, I think it's important. And you know what, maybe the following could have been 10 times bigger because if I had support and that's something, you know, I'm sure someone would think about. But for me, I think the authenticity and, um, the credibility of it being me, um, because I started it that way, I think is, is more important. Awesome. And quick question for you just about your overall career at Donna Karen. So you've been there a long time. What would you – we have a lot of younger listeners on the show and people yeah. who are starting out in their career. Uh, how, what would you attribute to your growth at the company? And, like, when you started, obviously, you didn't start at this level. Of course. Uh, so what did it take for you to grow? You know what? I really did the work. Mm-hmm. I really didn't have, you know, stars in my eyes. Yep. I didn't have these – very lofty aspirations yep. to take over, you know, the world of PR, Donna Karen. Um, I really focused on doing the best job that I could do in whatever my position was at the time. And, 
you know, I wasn't a partier. You know, I went to what I needed to go to and I said no to other things. And, you know, I, th- I, <laughs> I credit that to being able to, like, get married, have a family and yep. still, you know, still have a job. And yeah. I think that people sometimes feel like they have to be everywhere and they have to do everything. And I, and I just and disagree. I, I don't think you need to. I think you need to do a kick-ass job in yeah. your job. Yeah. That's great advice, especially for people who are looking to get in the field of PR. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Networking is is hugely important, but there's so many ways to network now. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. So tell me, I know I mentioned in the bio that you did a TEDx talk, and that was called The Power of Being Real, right? Yes. So tell me a little bit about that talk. That talk was 12 minutes. <laughs> Um, that talk was frightening. In Times Square, right? It was in Times Square. It was okay. the first time that TEDx had a talk, I guess, in mm-hmm. Times Square. And um, this lovely lady uh, named Randy Joy Epstein uh, was the producer, is the producer of it, and she contacted me to speak. And um, I didn't quite realize, you know, I'm really comfortable speaking. Of course. And I always speak off the cuff. I don't need notes. Um, So that wasn't a problem. But the 12 minutes, it was very strict with the time. Mm. So she, you know, she's like, you better practice because, you know, when the clock runs out, you're done. That's it. Yeah. So I was very scared that I would ramble in some Mm -hmm. areas and Mm -hmm. like forget something. it was a great experience, though. It really was. I did it did with my friend. Did you come in okay on time? I came in on time. I oh. did it with my friend Peter Shankman. I who love Peter Shankman. Is awesome. Love. Obsessed. And it was it was great to have a friend there, actually. Well, you know, because it was both our first times. And um, no, it was at the New York Times building, and it was it was great. And we actually last year uh, we went back to ring the bell um, to close the market oh. at Nasdaq. It was like that inaugural group. It was really fun. That's incredible. Yeah. I did a speech once at the 140 conference, mm-hmm. and it was 10 minutes. And I worked so hard, and I still came so close to running over. Like, the closing music came, and I just got louder. Like, <laughs> and then, like, as if I was conducting an orchestra. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was really like, one of my more embarrassing moments. Even though it's a very well-received speech, it's still, you obsess over the time. No, it's a short time. Is, they make you hard. crazy about it. Yeah, they can make you nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's talk about the book. Yes. Leave your mark. So I am eagerly anticipating this book. I cannot wait to get it. I want to get it for all of my young social ladies at Likeable. I want to hear all about it. Tell me what it's about. So first of all, um, I don't know if you saw the cover yet. I did. Okay, so it has, you know, the coffee cup with the red lips. Amazing. And um, it's really funny because when we were first talking about covers, I, I I basically said, you know, if there's no coffee cup and no lips, then I don't want that to be the title because it's got to play on. Totally. I wanted the irony of leaving your mark in life, leaving your mark on the cup. Um, so I'm glad you got that. Of course I got it. Um, it's my way of grabbing coffee with yes. everyone who yes. has asked me. I mean, Twitter has really been a vehicle for people reaching out and saying, hey, you know, could I, you know, could I, you know, could you review my resume? Could you look at my cover letter? Right. Could I grab 15 minutes? And right. I genuinely want to, right? but I just can't. Right. So um, it's a mentorship. That's what I'm calling it. It's a mentorship in 288 pages, and it's through the lens of my career. So the storytelling is there, um, and then every story has a reason for being, and then, like, a massive list of, like, don't do, must do, you didn't do, don't, you know, don't do it this way, do it this way, because I want people to be able to go back to it 
as they embark on different stages. So it's it's for young professionals, but it's also for people who might be switching gears. It's for the aspiring Elises of the world. Well, not 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 really, because <laughs> um, it really is it's not more than just. It's you. not just fashion. Yeah, it's really just professional advice, and it's not just for girls. I mean, I, I know the red it. lips is going to like throw people off, but it's really it's really just standard. What I think is should be standard education for people embarking on different careers. And so, what are some of the things that people should know to do when they're looking to develop their career without giving away too much of the book? I think they really have to examine what resources are at their fingertips Mm. and who they know and who their family might know and who a friend of a friend might know. I think it's really easy to say, I tried. Mm -hmm. Didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But there's so many ways to do things. And I think you can't, you know, I mean, how many inventors have we heard of that tried experiments like 5,000 times and failed? I mean, I know it sounds daunting, but, you know, it's not going to always work just because you tried it five times. It might just work on the sixth time. And I think, you know, you have to have patience and you have to kind of believe in in your goal and and what you're doing. And I think the other thing is like not having these three and five year plans. I, I think they're not realistic. Really? Yeah. I so don't. you don't believe in them? Three I don't. To five year plans. I don't. So what do you believe in? Short term goals, like want from step A to step B. Like kill it in step A, keep your eye on step B, and get to step B. Okay. That's sort of how I have always operated. Wow. I would never, ever have thought I'm going to end up working at Donna Karen as an executive in PR and writing a book. Ever. I love the advice of the short-term goal. I love it. It's the short-term goal. people are obsessed. I mean, you can obsess over this constantly. What am I going to do in five years? What am I going to do in 10 years? I think you set yourself up to always feel like a failure because how, what do you, I mean, you're you're not psychic. Right. How do you know what you're going to do in five years? Brilliant, brilliant words of wisdom today from Elisa Lux. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. I love that. And I, I really, I can't wait to read the book. Thank you. I can't wait. So now now I know it's really for my whole staff. It's not just for my social ladies. It's not. Well, it's it, for it, my it's social for men. everyone. It's for your social it's men, It's for too. everybody. It's, it's for true. everybody. It's okay. true. Okay. And so tell me, if people want to find you, where do we go? Not like I even need to ask. But what? Well, I mean, first of all, well, I made a website. You did? I know. I can't believe it. It's Wait so- a minute. What's the website? Oh, gee. It's it's so it's so original. ElisaLick.com. Perfect. Um, but you know what? I made a website. I really feel like a website is really the new resume. I agree. In general for I, like I every single human. I agree. When I'm I was done, your... I was like, why Why would I ever why would you do type this else? up on yep. a piece of paper? Correct. Um, I so, love it. So I made the website really for the book. But right. it's just a great thing to have anyway. I don't know. I think it's, it's a great thing to have. And also with your own, with your name anyway. You know, somebody – I was at a conference once and somebody said to me, immediately buy your domain name. If you have children, buy their domain names. Buy them all. Yeah. Because the you children part, them. though, is weird, though. I feel like don't, by then there will be, like, something totally different. There might be. But what's the big deal? Buy a $10. I'm going to go daddy it's and, true. and call it a day. It's because true. I, I thought it was very a very interesting concept that of the domain name. Yeah. Because next thing you know, there's some other Elisa Lick. There's Elisa Lick. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't get my Instagram. I couldn't get Real, Elisa Lick on Instagram. Really? Nope. Why? There was another Elisa Lick who took it? Yes, who's oh. private and doesn't post anything. That's very upsetting. So now I'm Elisa Lick XO. Oh, really... oh, but I do kind of love that, though. I mean, that's why you don't love Instagram also. That adds to your lack of Instagram <laughs> love, I'll tell you right now. No, but that's my personal one. Oh, that's true. I have to kill my PR girl, too. But, um, yeah, I was kind of like, can I? Like, really? Is there another Lisa Lick? I don't know. I'm not sure if I buy that. I love I don't know. It might be a squatter. 
It might be a sweater. <laughs> it might be a sweater. Because you know be what? A... They had taken DQ My PR Girl at the same time and then released PR Girl, but not Elisa Licht. Really? I know. I'll I get over it. I it's a sweater, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. Well, everybody needs to check out Leave Your Mark coming out in May, and it is available for pre-order, correct? It's available for pre-order on Barnes & Noble. On Barnes & Noble. And iTunes and in the UK on Amazon. Oh, very exciting. And And some other places. It's all on the website. I just can't wait. And you better go over right now to ElisaLick.com because she is one awesome social lady. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a love fest. It is a love fest. Truly. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you so much. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.